Welcome to the Safe Word Podcast. My name is Dirk Hooper, and I'm joined by the spectacular Mistress Eva. How are you doing, Eva? Hi, I'm good over here. Nice to nice to chat to you again, Dirk. Looking forward to today's show. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. What what part of the world are you in today? I am still in New York, although I leave on Sunday for Burning Man. I think we mentioned it last week. We right? did. We yeah. did. Yeah. Have you had any big adventures since we talked last? Um, every day is an adventure. Of course. <laughs> of course. Um, I've really enjoyed my time in New York. I've gotten the chance to meet some of my members and get back in touch with um, some old playthings of mine, as well as really start to uh, hang out with some incredible mistresses that live here and do all sorts of great things. I was um, chatting to Lucy Sweetkill on her La Maison de Rouge um, podcast, I guess you could oh, say. Oh, cool, yeah. Yeah, the per- her Periscope that she does every week with Dia Dynasty. And that was really fun. So it's just nice to connect with very much like-minded people. You know how it is. <laughs> yeah, we've talked about your circle of friends. Yeah, yeah. How they're all cool and accomplished <laughs> and into BDSM. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> your social circle is very unique. They're very, they're very special, but I also make sure that I curate it that way. I don't have so much energy, and so I definitely make more of an effort to pick and choose very carefully. And uh, I'm lucky to be able to get onto social media and see what people are about and then be like, okay, you. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's good for, it's good for an introvert in some ways. Yeah. No kidding. Mm. (laughs) So, so you would say that you were an introvert? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, I I, I am too. Yeah. I, I, I would suspect that most people wouldn't say that either one of us were introverts. Yeah. So like I, I can do, I can obviously get by <laughs> and I can excel in a lot of social situations. However, I'm always tired and like that's supposed to be the definition, isn't it? I would much um, like when I, I would much rather gather my strength sitting alone in my jungle house for mm-hmm. a month than going out. It would be, yeah, it was just not. Not really how my internal structure works, but you know. Yeah, large gatherings wear me out. I think mm-hmm. that's a good good explanation as any. Yeah. Um, I can go to them and I enjoy them, mm-hmm. but I don't like being the center of attention. No. no. I kind of like sitting near the wall and watching people mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and enjoying the atmosphere and that sort of thing. But if yeah. I have to be in the middle of it and talk real loud and mm. that sort of thing, it, it just wears me out. I can't do it for yeah. very long. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess that's the thing, the very long thing. Uh, you and I can probably do it, you know, and do it to well to a certain extent, but then <laughs> the downtime is there. <laughs> absolutely, yes. Yeah. I absolutely have to have my downtime. Yeah, yeah. That is a big part <laughs> of it, for sure. And I love people. I mean, I love interactions, and but I kind of like people one-on-one or in a small group mm. versus, you know, like a huge gathering or something. That yeah. That's kind of too much for yeah, me. Yeah, I, I like details and I like um, deep engagement. Um, and that's what keeps me kind of, captivates my attention more than uh, a lot of noise. Yeah, so for I sure. guess that's quite similar. Hmm. Well, we've <laughs> got an interesting topic today. Yes, uh, I like is, this one. 
what is your favorite fetish? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Shall I read the tweet? Please. Yeah. So it is exactly as you just said, with a little bit extra. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite fetish? Be loud and proud. No judgment here. Just curiosity. Yeah, that's good stuff. Well, some people uh, had more than one. They really started listing their things. Favorite, mm-hmm. it kind of suggests one, but I guess you know people get excited. Right, it's always hard. It, I, that's kind of what everyone's response. By the way, just to preface this, this was a tweet that mm. Mistress Eva sent out on her on her account on Sunday, mm. uh, and uh, the, what we're going to talk about today includes some people who gave us responses to that tweet. Yes. Um, You're absolutely right. A lot of the people who responded said, I can't (laughs) give you just one. I just can't do it. Or they just listed all of them. Oh, yeah. They just (laughs) listed the panoply of everything that turns them on. (laughs) (laughs) Which is cool. It gives us a lot to talk about today. Mm. Can I ask what is yours? Or do you have one that's right at the top of the list? Right, Right before... We we started uh, before we hooked up here today. Um, I quickly wrote some stuff down so I would have an answer to that question. <laughs> you knew I was going to ask. Well, I, I had a feeling that this was going to come up. <laughs> so I wrote down, I didn't write down many, but the first one that came to my, my mind was ass worship. Okay. Okay. I'm kind Why? of a, I'm kind of an ass guy, you know? <laughs> so that's, that's okay. interesting to me. Um, yeah. also I, I have, I really like on women. I like thigh high stockings and garters, really any sort of kind of elaborate lingerie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have a thing for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I like tall women mm-hmm. and then in the realm of, you know, kind of fetishes or BDSM type stuff. I like humiliation as a submissive. I like mm-hmm. humiliation and degradation mm-hmm. and ease and denial. Okay. All right. So maybe we won't go into it too much so that we can spread it out amongst all the other responses. Sure. But I'm going to keep that list in my head. All right. All right. Fair <laughs> what, about, what about you? What about me? Um, <laughs> I would say that the witnessing submission in my direction is the top of the list. Mm. Right. <laughs> Seeing the genuine desire to bow down in devotion for me, no matter what that translates into, is always the core of why I live. (laughs) Oh, right. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's awesome. Um, But then there are things under that. If I I love dishing out uh, humiliation, degradation. I love just making that a part of my ongoing conversation. And if somebody can take that, I am very impressed um, because it's generally just how I observe life and interact with it anyway. It's just that in social situations, I keep it tucked away. But in a DS dynamic, I can let loose. Um, I also, yeah, and then it starts to vary depending on the different relationships that I have. But I guess if we can say that there's something common across the board, it would be just the submission. It would be just the humiliation. And then probably after that, it's it's probably a service. And then after that, it's probably 
the ability to take whatever I have to dish out, but in a physical way as well. As well. Mm-hmm. So whether that's a stress position, whether that's bondage, whether that's um, being on the receiving end of impact play, then yeah, I would say yeah, that the devotion and how much they can they can take with that driving them, I think is is fun for me. Yeah. I think that's very interesting because like, for example, I'm not into pain necessarily, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I am into being tested mm-hmm. with pain for the sake of showing devotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So within yeah. that context, I can take some pain and yeah. Yeah. within, and so only within a relationship though, you know, mm-hmm. it's not like, like I'm not interested in doing that, you know, just for a scene or something. If someone wants to push me, I'm going to have to, there's going to have to be a connection between me and her to, to, to be pushed in that regard. So even though Mm -hmm. things are, I'm not into them, if my partner is into them and they want to push me, I can, you know, I can go along with that uh, under Mm -hmm. that, that, uh, idea. Yes, definitely. Um, that's, I guess that, comes back to how I mentioned it really depends on the dynamic the things that can be introduced in a way that's fun for me and fun for a sub right yeah and different types of people different types of relationships can bring out some very different cakes that you didn't realize could work sure yeah sure Mm, oh it's always a surprise Mm, yeah it's it's inspiring Um, since we're going to talk about fetishes today, I, I did the fetish show for several years. And Mm -hmm. one of the things I'd like to talk about before we get started is Mm -hmm. like what I call the, the three definitions of fetish. Okay. So the first definition is the clinical definition of fetish, which is like, you know, if you go to a psychologist, they're going to tell you that a fetish is something that you absolutely must require to have sex. So if you can't get uh, aroused without feet being in the play, Mm -hmm. then you have a clinical foot fetish. Mm -hmm. Um, The the second. There's a nice Twitter bio. Right, exactly. Clinical (laughs) foot fetishes. (laughs) And the thing about, you know, having an actual, you know, fetish of that sort is that it can be extremely limiting for yeah. people who yeah who want to be in a, a regular relationship when mm-hmm. at some point they know they're going to have to tell their partner hey i need this thing or i'm not mm-hmm. going to be able to engage in sex yeah so yeah. there is that and and then the second uh definition my definition of fetish is kind of the general all over kink world, BDSM thing of fetish. A lot of the things that I just told you that were my fetishes fall under that aspect. I don't have to have any of that. Mm. Those are things that I really enjoy. They, mm. they turn me on, but they're not necessary to have. It's not, you know, I'm, I'm not going to break up with someone if they don't, you know, give me those things. And, you know, I can engage mm. in whatever vanilla sex and be fine. But mm-hmm. those, but the things that I mentioned are great to have, and mm-hmm. I think that most people look at the word fetish as that. 
Mm-hmm. Now, the final thing is drives me nuts, which is the vanilla crowd using the word fetish to mean anything that people are focused on. And you mm. hear this a lot in politics where they say, you know, like Donald Trump has a fetish for, um, you know, uh, capturing immigrants or some, you know, something like that. You could add many things to the end of that. Yeah, exactly. exactly, exactly. <laughs> and it's meant to be almost derogatory. Like it's, oh. it's not something it's, it's meant to be, you know, you're supposed to be cutting someone down by using fetish in that context. Ah. And uh, like I have, I have alerts set up so that when certain words like fetish come up in the news, I get, I get news on it. I, I would get a, you know, a, a link yes. to a story. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can't tell you how many times I see the word fetish used in that manner. And it's used a lot politically to, to, uh, you know, to, to speak ill of someone by saying that they have a fetish for something that is, you know, is just mm. something that they're into or, or whatever. It's not sexual yeah. at all. It's just mm-hmm. be derogatory. Mm. So there's my well, three definitions of fetish. Yeah. I kind of use that third one a little bit for teaking, don't I? Well, not see, it works fine in that context. Yeah, I'm not being derogatory to my, to my interest. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> but it has such a nice ring to it. it well, and I do spend a hell of a lot of attention. And you're an expert <laughs> on fetish otherwise. So, I mean, I think it works very, very well okay. uh, in your context, but what drives me nuts is when it's used to, to, you know, as a derogatory term to kind yeah. of cut people down. Mm, yeah. Okay. So that was very good to be to be clear on. So I guess today we're going to touch on the second and the first. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So. The good stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Uh all right. So what's our what's our first uh uh Twitter? deal that we want to so the last episode was all about you right i'm going to make it about me please let's do yeah great (laughs) and we're going to go with one of my very favorites but i'm going to read a couple that um some of the responses that were made and uh the first is by miss tomorrow um her handle is dom tomorrow uh, who i love and she is very clear Uh, And she answered the tweet very clearly. And she just wrote, erotic humiliation and degradation. She followed the instructions. (laughs) But off the back of that, um, we have a slightly more elaborate one, but it's fine. By Tina D. And her Twitter name is at Jupiter's underscore lament. And then um, she says, humiliation, both play and genuine degradation and feminization or emasculating. But above all, nothing beats genuine psychological control. Mm. And I like that she added those things because they all actually tie in together so beautifully and they can essentially be just one thing. I I see it. What do you think? Do, do I think that all of that can tie in together? Yeah, yes. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very elegantly. Yeah, it's a great. great way but of I guess it. what what we could uh, kind of separate to make it a little bit more straightforward to speak speak about is humiliation and degradation, mm-hmm. and why 
maybe we think that's interesting for people. I mean, I know why I think it is, but there's probably many other reasons too. Yeah, you know, I'd, I've talked to a lot of people about this subject because it's it's kind of even, I mean, I listed it as one of my things. Mm-hmm. I like it. I think it's cool. So, yeah, but it's very difficult to explain to people why you're into mm-hmm. that. Better. And yes. I think that that's one of the, the things, because, you know, obviously you're not supposed to like being made fun of or bullied or, you know, being, yeah. even if it's, I mean, like sometimes people will do humiliation, which has absolutely nothing to do with reality. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you can be humiliated about things that, that are not true, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, so it's not necessary, you know, you're, you're told from birth not to do those things to people, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and you certainly, especially in America, right. Oh, especially, <laughs> yeah, especially in America. People can't take self-deprecating, uh, yeah, very for well, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it's getting, yeah. you know, oh my gosh, it's getting worse about, you know, people with thin skin and everything offends them. So this topic of, of desiring humiliation and degradation, mm-hmm. it has to be confusing for people in the, yes. humili- in the, in the vanilla world. Um, yeah, I understand. I think that, well, I have two things to say about, about this. Um, number one, I have had a really hard time trying to find someone who knows and understands how to do this and how to do it well. Mm. Okay. Um, I think one of the issues is that again, it's it's very difficult to get past, you know, our, our indoctrination to be nice to people. You know, <laughs> I laugh because I don't. Right. Have I mean, that some problem, people some people don't have that. And, and I think yes. you have to realize that that the submissive wants this thing. You know, yes. so ideally, you would get past that. Um, you know. Or it's just part of your your uh, psyche now, right? Maybe as my lab right. <laughs> demonstrates. Yes, I mean some people just they do that, uh, yeah. you know. And sometimes you don't want to do this sort of thing to to someone who you like. And mm, that, uh, yeah, that kind of goes back to the wanting to be nice yeah. thing, but yeah. And I'm a pretty likable guy, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm yep. super nice. I'm like the nicest person probably you've ever met. And, um, <laughs> um, I don't know, but yes, continue. So, well, I'm speaking in general. Um, so anyway, <laughs> it's, it goes against, it goes against people's nature to, to provide this thing. So I've had a hell of a time trying to find someone who will do this with me. Yeah. I mean, I've been in long-term relationships where they're pretty good with, uh, you know, uh, discipline and corporal punishment and that sort of thing. They're sadists and that sort of thing. Mm. Um, but they're not, I mean, one partner was absolutely dead set against erotic humiliation. She would not do it. It was like against her religion, you know, her -hmm. personal philosophy. Each yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah, I'm just speaking from my own mm. position. It's not easy to find that. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess, like, 
many people have very different approaches to humiliation. I I only know mine quite intimately, and I've witnessed a little bit of an alternate one. I guess for me to talk about this, I might need to explain how I see it and how I practice it before I go into that. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Um, So humiliation to me is actually a very intricate process of watching somebody and coming to understand where their shortcomings are or their habits that are either curious to me, interesting or difficult and pointing them out at every opportunity, which actually when it comes to humans is every moment. Sure, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> because somebody moves in a slight way, they might think something, it's always an opportunity to show them that what they think is incorrect or, or really amusing or stupid. <laughs> and and that's, that's how I practice it. I enjoy really looking at the people and making them better, you know, but utilizing their shortcomings in a way that I find very amusing and kind of turning it everything into a joke. I don't know whether this comes from my English and Australian background because they do that a lot, oh, really? <laughs> but it's just, it's the way that I really enjoy. It's basically the opposite of how Americans right, yeah. interact with each other. There's no praise. It's all about, oh, you think you're really good, but what about this? What about that? But then this happened. What are you doing with that class right now? Come on, <sighs> you know? And but it's the full it's full of love. It means that they're watching so closely to who you are and and they they feel so comfortable with you that they're just gonna break down that barrier and we're gonna just break down our egos and just exist with each other. That's kind of what humiliation is for me, that I'm tearing down these things that you think you should be and that you should act and you should navigate the world. And we're just going to take all of that away so that we can just, you know, just exist comfortably. That's kind of how I use humiliation. Yeah. And, but in that case, there has to be material, right? And if you're, if you are really the nicest guy you're going to (laughs) meet, there is probably less material, but everybody has habits and they can be quite funny to, to exploit if of course it's consensual. Um, But it's a different, it's a different level altogether. I guess the way that I speak, I really enjoy degradation because it is very cutting to cut into somebody and how they think that they, how they perceive themselves to be. But I guess humiliation and just spotting a little habit and kind of making fun of it. I think that's probably easier than maybe my extreme, but I, but I guess to kind of get back to what I feel that it means to really like it, it for me, it really creates a deep connection yes. you know, because I get to you know, look into them and I get to tell them everything I see. And it's the same for yes. them. They're like, oh, my God, she's looking deep into who I am. Nobody's ever paid this right. much attention to me. Nobody has ever told me these things, but I know they're true. She must yes. really care about That's me. it. That's- <laughs> That's how I, I interpret humiliation and degradation. It is an aspect of trust within the relationship mm-hmm. and also the kind of us versus the world thing. So, mm-hmm. so guess, yeah. you know, you share this thing with this person that you do that mm-hmm. is taboo. You're not supposed to do it. And the yeah. things that you share with her, um, mm-hmm. you know, no one else does this. So you have this special thing between the two of you that you're doing that connects you and it, and it binds you closer together. And Mm -hmm. it's also, (laughs) you know, again, 
humiliation doesn't necessarily have to be uh, true, um, although it can be. And what it does is it allows you to explore some stuff within a safe environment. Um, mm, it's yeah. it's kind of like, um, you know, singing karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like. I love yeah, karaoke. Yeah, I do too, actually. <laughs> I do too. I'm terrible I, at it. I'm very good at ordering food, <laughs> but I'm terrible at singing. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's, it's a deal where, um, it's nice to have a safe environment where you can you can sing and you know <laughs> everyone who is involved in that environment realizes that you're not on you know America's you know top you know yeah. whatever <laughs> you, you know mm-hmm. you're you're not supposed to be a professional <laughs> singer you're just doing it because you like it and everyone gives you a break if you're off key or if you're just you know you're just yeah. having fun so yeah. you know the 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 humiliation stuff can actually make you stronger when you're outside of the, the, Mm, uh, you know, that BDSM environment because you have kind of faced your fears in some ways. And you know, somebody's faced them with you also. Yes. Yeah. 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 I agree. I think that's part of it. Mm. And I guess like to, to kind of go more in that direction and away from obviously what is an extreme version that I, I tend to like is, um, it can it can just be totally nothing to do with like you said like who you are and your characteristics it can be you know put on this little pig mask pretend you're a pig isn't that embarrassing even that that can be a very cute little exchange (laughs) and it's like i'm so embarrassed but you still like me (laughs) exactly exactly yeah yeah Really that's cute. a yeah that's a perfect example mm. of like you know i'm gonna have you wear this you know like a dunce cap yeah or something you're and have you go pig. stand over in the corner yeah, you're not a stupid you know. student but we're gonna play and it, it right. can translate to some nice stuff too yeah. right yeah now you said that there's an extreme example what what would that be i think that's probably my my example where i i really try to pack apart the things that I feel are wrong with their personality. I think mm-hmm. that's very confronting. And then if you want to do that in front of other people where it's not even like a safe and space, just the two of you anymore, I think. Right. So that's like public humiliation, public degradation. Yeah. I think that's even more confronting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. And I mean, that's where I, I don't know something about it. It like, it makes your heart race, mm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to quantify <laughs> what it is, but it makes your heart race, yeah. you know, and it makes you, it makes you more, it, it's a power exchange thing because the, the, the tougher that humiliation is, the more connected you are, mm to the dominant Mm -hmm. in that moment. The more you have to trust that this is not going to get totally out of hand. Right. And the more trust you have to be giving somebody and therefore you're, you're breaking down these things within yourself where it's just all about you. You know, it's, it's really like, I trust you and this feels horrible, but man, do I trust you? And that feels incredible. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, if you can continue, if they're worth the trust and if you can continue that, then it's it's just like you're just floating. You know, you float through life with this person by your side. 
I obviously really like humiliation and degradation. Giving yeah. it all of these um, lovely words, but yeah, but that's I mean, how I feel. Yeah. You know, it, I talked about my book a little bit ago. There's a lot of that stuff in there, and again, it's just a kind of uh, to explore stuff that I haven't had a chance to. Mm. You know, there's a lot of stuff uh, of that stuff in in the book, mm-hmm. and at the end of the book, there's a there's kind of a semi-public scene with not just the main characters, but they bring in other characters as well um, who are witnessing what's going on. And there's something about that that just it takes everything up another two or three levels. It's mm-hmm. so much more intense if someone is observing, mm-hmm. you know, uh, what's going on. And then, mm-hmm. you know, the next level from that is maybe going to a like a public play party or an event or something. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, experiencing that in front of even more people. Yeah. And I guess it depends, right? Because if it's a, a vanilla party out in the world or, or if it's a kink crowd, that can, the intensity can also be quite different. Sure. You know, because kinksters, you, you realize everybody is familiar with the topic. But if it's like a vanilla crowd, then it could actually be more intense, even if it's less people. For sure. they don't really know. For yeah, sure. So. Yeah. And you have to be careful yeah. with, I mean, there are certain things that like you don't want to go too far in front of a vanilla crowd where in front of a kinky mm-hmm. crowd, you know, they, yeah. they understand it, they get it. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Well, if you're in Asia though, th- these things happen quite often and no, but they're not practicing cake. It's just, <laughs> wow. it's just yeah. that uh, like, like, um, w- like women, at least in China, I used to live in Shanghai, so it's like Shanghainese women are known to be very strong, and they have no problem screaming at their men <laughs> for what they've done wrong in public, and they have no problem throwing things and hitting them. And you, everyone, you just walk, you know, it's like, oh, you know, Shanghainese women. <laughs> so it really depends also, obviously, on the culture at hand. <laughs> right. Well, sure. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. When I was in Rome, when I was Contact. much, much younger, uh, oh, I remember a couple yes. fighting down below our oh, hotel yes, room. Did. And I mean, they were <laughs> screaming at the top of their lungs. And they, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, that yeah. wasn't erotic. And I don't think it was humiliation, but they certainly didn't have a problem involving no. everyone in their discussion. Well, it was emotion. Oh, it was that. For sure. Yeah, that was, it was that. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. That's a different that's a different environment. Yeah. You, it would be, mm-hmm. that would be frowned upon here in America. Yes. I mean, it happens, it happens, <laughs> yes. but it would be frowned upon. Oh yes. It's uncomfortable for people. They don't just walk past and think, nah. Right. Another, another couple. But yeah. Shall we move on to our, our next case? Sure. What do we got? Um, I think this one's quite important because a lot of vanilla people uh, judge it and it's kind of the first thing. So I'm going to read the tweet. It's by Miss Hyde and uh, her Twitter handle is Mistress J.L. Hyde. Um, And she says, impact play. I need to hit things. More specifically, (laughs) people. (laughs) Uh, She's another hero of mine. <laughs> but yeah, uh, whenever people think, "Oh, you're a dominatrix. Oh, you like beating up people." I'm like, "Well, not at first, but now I don't mind it." But actually, that's not the whole thing. But because they think it's so common, I would like to talk about 
what impact play actually can mean, as opposed to there's just somebody in in latex whipping somebody. Right. If you know what I mean. Sure. Yeah. So I, you mentioned that you don't like impact play so much. So maybe maybe I'll just briefly uh, go over the, the things that I think it brings to people into a scene and you can see whether it means makes any sense. Okay. <laughs> but um, for me on the giving end of it, I get to channel a lot of energy and sometimes anger, sometimes frustration, but also it can even just be the satisfaction of accomplishment because wielding certain implements is not very easy. And so, and just that, that energy on somebody can be such a release and it can be a focus of like, for example, let's say anger, taking my anger, this is a consenting environment. I can give you this that I need to give and you take it and I channel my, my pain into you and we can see that come forward and it can be productive for our thing. So I feel that that can happen. I feel that also on the receiving end, it can just be a simple like process of the chemistry that happens when you receive pain and the adrenaline that rises and your ability to, to be uh, and the endorphins and the things that are coming together to, to raise your ability to handle that pain. But in actual fact, also it kind of at least trickles out into your life, at least for a little while, you know, just, just all those feel good, uh, emotions that are associated with the chemicals that have that have come up as a result of that painful process. So I think those are two simple things that that happen in in that exchange that a lot of people don't realize can happen. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. I I said that I wasn't into. Um, I'm not a masochist. Let me let me put it that way. But I will say this, um, as a submissive, um, impact play is a direct route to subspace. Yes. And there's nothing quite like subspace. It's really wonderful. And again, if you're with someone that you trust and they build it up, I mean, I, I, I definitely don't want someone to drop a brick on my foot, you know? (laughs) Not immediately. Right. (laughs) Start with pebbles first and then move up to the brick. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, you know, it's impact play can be, again, I can be pushed on that and, and like to be pushed on that, particularly with someone who I'm in a relationship with and who knows how to build it up over a period of time. Because the longer your scene is, the more you do it, the, the, the uh, the more you can take. I mean, you can take a heck of a lot if you build it up over a period of time. Mm-hmm. And if you kind of give yourself over to that process, then you can experience subspace. And, um, you know, that's a, that is a great chemical high that mm-hmm. not just lasts for that evening, but even makes you feel good yeah. for the next couple of days. Yes. Um, you know, which is a lot of fun. And then also you oftentimes will have um, marks or some mm. sort of uh, record of what happened on yeah. your skin. And it keeps you comfortable. Yes. It's something that you can look back on in the next two or three days with, and you can remember yeah. the moment. And um, you know, that's always very interesting. <laughs> Kinksters are such romantics. I know, I know. 
Um, Maybe that's it. We're just hopeless romantics <laughs> looking for ways to express and receive. Right. That's a good point. That's a good point. I know I am. Yeah, I am too. I am too. As a as a dominant, I do enjoy impact play. I particularly mm. enjoy flogging. And okay. I've had submissives or, or slaves ask for flogging as a reward. So you ask them, you know, what oh. what would you, what kind of, you know, reward can I give you? You're, you know, you're doing a good job. Yeah. What would you like? And they're like, well, you know, I, I would love if you would flog me. And mm-hmm. the reason why is because, I mean, the, the way that I do flogging is usually with a suede flogger and mm-hmm. it's, it is built up over a long period of time. And while mm-hmm. it is impact play, it is also, it, it it's somewhat like a massage because mm-hmm. it's not, it's not sharp and biting. It's more of a thuddy sort of uh, experience yeah. that's, you know, you, you might get some redness from it, but you're not going to get cut from it. And it's not a sharp pain. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I think that's maybe why a lot of people, and again, for the, for the, you do it well. for subspace, I, I, I'm pretty good at flogging. I, I don't have a lot of great skills. You know, I, I kind of have a lot of general skills and I think my greatest skill is the DS relationship, you know? Um, okay. but as far as <laughs> that's not an easy one to master. Right. So as far awesome. as technical skills, yeah, I'm pretty good at, at flogging, I think. And it's, and it's yeah. because I enjoy, I enjoy the, the interaction and, you know, the scene that takes place and it can be very mm-hmm. intimate, you know, between two people. Yes. And, um, you know, that's something that I do enjoy. So I, I'm into impact play too, from two different directions. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, yes. But I'm not a sadist and I'm not a masochist. I mean, you mentioned that you're into it, but can I, can I ask as a dominant, what do you like about impact. I guess what I like the most is the, the results, what what I get out of it, because a sub, what do you get? A a submissive who, who I, you know, I, I flog or, you know, whatever spank or whatever they become, it changes their, their mood and their spirit. They get softer and they get more compliant and they begin to slip into that subspace. They get those starry eyes. And, uh, you know, oftentimes it's a prelude to, you know, more things that we're going to be doing later on, um, mm-hmm. you know, which might end up with bondage or with sex or something of that sort. But it okay. immediately, it sets the mood exceptionally mm-hmm. well, um, I think. And also the, there's another aspect that, that's something that you mentioned, which is, you know, seeing what that person will put up with for you, you know, how, how far will they go to please you? Yeah. You know, if you find someone who's what they, what they call in the community, a pain slut, you know, someone mm-hmm. who is really, really into pain, um, it yeah. can be very interesting to see how far people will go to mm-hmm. please you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so much fun. Yeah. I mean, it makes you uh, feel powerful to, for someone to, yeah. to, uh, you know, put themselves up in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
beautiful beautiful <laughs> yeah so it's a lot more than what uh people who haven't had experience it's so much imagine more it to, yes oh so much all of it is so much more but i guess this in particular is something that people always immediately go to is like i actually don't spend apart from psychological pain i don't really spend a lot of my time keeping my subs in pain mm-hmm. you know on physical pain most like 90 percent of the time it's nothing to do with a dungeon or or sure. an implement sure yeah but this is the thing that they go to so i thought it was quite important to mention it you, you sure. know what else as as a submissive mm. um there's something about the you know the like corporal punishment or or just the yeah. you know the deal that helps put you in the, in the right state of mind mm-hmm. it makes you feel like a submissive i i think you have to kind of experience that a little bit well you don't have to mm-hmm. but it's it's something that um let's see i'm i'm trying to makes you feel vulnerable yeah, that, right there it is yeah. that's it right there yeah. there's you, many you ways to do that but like you said before it is a very direct route it yeah it's it's quick and it's like i kind of feel like you need to i i don't know if the word is fear or respect your dominant mm-hmm. um it's kind of like you know in in school they they used to spank kids and stuff the teachers used to spank kids at least in america they used to they may do that elsewhere yeah. but the idea is not necessarily as punishment but it's to to give the kid a little respect for the words that are coming out of the teacher's mouth. And Mm -hmm. in, in that regard, if, you know, if you have a dominant and you, and you play with impact play and stuff, it gives the commands a little extra bite, (laughs) you know, because you know that you could end up, you know, under the paddle or under the whip or something later on. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it, it, uh, you know, it, it, it helps move fear. things along. Yeah, a little fear. I, I think fear that, play can be fun. I think that, <laughs> yeah, I kind of like that too. So yeah. I think that's an important part of, you know, the, yeah. the relationship. For me, yeah. I guess I should but say again, for me. Within a consensual space. That yes. We all understand that these are elements that are going to happen because, I mean, these things are terrifying in a in a context where it's not about love and understanding and are you okay and i want to do this but actually i'm checking in all the time so yes bdsm yeah. gives a nice framework to be able to play with these like edges of our of our psyches um but um but yeah no fear play is fun but it's really it can be really terrifying <laughs> yeah and <laughs> again i wouldn't want to do this with someone who i wasn't in a relationship with or at least mm-hmm. didn't have a connection with you know that you really trusted and respected. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, just doing this with, you know, random people, there's, uh, there's no way I could do it. Yeah. No. That, and you, you shouldn't either. And it wouldn't mean anything to me. That's because you're a romantic. I am. <laughs> I am. I'm a big gushy romantic. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> uh, sh- shall we move on? Sure. Um, so Avarice, I think maybe is how you say the name, Nia. Um, and the handle, handle is at British Nia. And they mention age play. Oh, yes. Smiley face. Oh, I'm glad you picked that one. 
Mm. Taking care of someone or being taken care of is such a good feeling. Mm. Now, I feel this is a very misunderstood one. And I even had my reservations about it at the beginning of my pro-dom career. Mm -hmm. But now I think it's very special. And even though I'm not very versed in it, I don't actually utilize it that much. I respect it quite a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why are you glad that I chose it? Because I think it's one of those things you just mentioned how it's misunderstood. Mm-hmm. I also think that it's it's one of those things that isn't talked about very much. It doesn't mm-hmm. get a lot of attention, really. Mm-hmm. And I think that there are a lot of people out there that are into this, despite the fact that it's not getting, you know, all of the the attention. I think that there are a lot of people that engage in this sort of play from from many different angles whether yeah. it's like an adult baby sort of thing or whether it's a like daddy dom little girl scenario or you know anything else that age play comes into you know comes into the scene um i think that there are a lot of people out there that are that are doing this and it's just another aspect of role play or power exchange yes it's just you've you framed it in a different way yes and i think that avarice nia captures it it exactly yeah when she when she finishes or he finishes the tweet uh taking care of someone or being taken care of is such a good feeling yes i think that when we talk about the dominant submissive the mistress and the slave it's all kind of looking for the same thing (laughs) the care the care right? But just using exactly like you say, different frameworks. And I think because it's so close to home and the way that we grew up, and it's a little bit like when you talk about daddies and mommies and, mm-hmm. and like, you know, even a sister or however, it's, it's becomes, it's familiar territory, but you're really using it in a, in a sexualized way. And that's very confronting for people. Sure. I think that's the that's the issue, but it's just the same, the same thing, the same desire for vulnerability, for care, and actually, like I didn't start off this whole episode uh, realizing this, but as I've chosen my favorites from the one that you chose, it's really interesting and sweet to see how actually all of them are about vulnerability. Mm. They're all about being vulnerable with somebody else and being accepted Mm. within that space and feeling like you can be vulnerable and that you will be held. I I, I feel like that's kind of a common theme when we start to talk about all of these kinks. Or or am I projecting? No, that (laughs) is very, very insightful. Mm. Yeah, I think that you've, I think that you've pointed out something very important uh, about Mm -hmm. fetishes or, you know, maybe broader about BDSM, you know, relationships in general. BDSM and people's desires uh, for connection. Yes, for sure. In in an, you know, these are obviously unusual ways uh, of, of connecting with people. They're creative. They're very creative. (laughs) Make life a lot of fun. You know, by and large, people (laughs) who are into BDSM are very intelligent at least <laughs> it, I'm going to second that, but I'm not sure. <laughs> very intelligent and very creative. It attracts both of those types of people. Oh, and sure. Um, I'll my own horn. <laughs> uh, but 
Yeah, I think that you've I think you've pointed out something very important is that that vulnerability and that kind of I mean, you know, the the a submissive wants to be, you know, controlled and and controlled because if you're not in control, then you're, you know, ostensibly you will be you don't have to worry about yourself. Someone else is is worrying for you. So you're giving up control yeah. for safety, you know, and, um, mm-hmm. you know, that's what the submissive gets is that kind of feeling of, again, a vulnerability. But, you know, with that vulnerability, there's a hell of a lot of trust that the person yeah. won't, you know, that won't harm you. That's with that. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. might hurt you, but they won't harm you. Harm your, your mind. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah love um (laughs) and i guess with that in mind i might read quite a few because i think that talks to it quite well yeah do you mind if i do that sure yeah so some random slave um twitter handle at you can't keep me that's very it's a very nice twitter handle (laughs) says uh inescapable bondage and being totally helpless to a strong dominant Mm -hmm. woman also fear and abandonment and then Miss Rowan Ruin, um, Twitter name at Rowan Ruin, says heavy layered inescapable bondage, uh, which comes off the back of that. Mm-hmm. And then also I like I like this one. So it's um, secrets hellhounds, uh, Twitter name slave underscore Eric, microphilia fetish. I wish to get shrunk shrunk. I wish to shrink until a smaller <laughs> size and then get squished by my owner. <laughs> It's just like, it's different to the bondage and it's different to the age play. It plays with size as opposed to dynamic mm-hmm. and constraint. But I feel like it's very similar yet again, right? Right. Because it's like, I'm really tiny. I'm super vulnerable right. and I'm going to get squished by the person who owns me. Yes. And I'm actually property and they don't really want to ruin their property. They're my owner, but I'm going to get squished. And I'll still be safe. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how tall Eric is. Maybe Eric's like six foot four. Exactly. That's what, <laughs> exactly. That, that's what a lot of people don't understand about this sort of stuff is that, you know, this, this fantasy for him, he's probably not two feet tall. He's probably, like you said, he's probably a really tall guy. So basketball. Yeah, basketball. it's a basketball player. And so he would like to, uh, you know, he'd like to experience that. I, I've yeah. been wanting to do an illustration with, because it's, I mean, you know, illustrations do this really well of, mm-hmm. of, you know, a really like a 60 foot woman with a, you know, a, a guy in her hand or whatever. Cause that <laughs> apparently that's kind of a, you know, a recurring fantasy. Yeah. It's huge. You know, it's like people really like and that. It lends itself well to illustration. So anyway, that's something that I'd like to, to explore. Yeah. Um, so, so fun. I love seeing things in that vein. Uh, yeah, microphilia. I hadn't. I've never even heard that phrase. I think that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, what does the flip side look like? Macrophilia. So I guess that's like the Amazon. The Amazon thing. Wait, no. Hang on. No, wait. that would st- Amazon's oh, would still be. That would still be yeah. that. What would the, so I guess? That to be the to be the big that one. you're bigger to and be the then I'm a giantess. Maybe that's right. It. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah, I don't know. Would I like that? Would I like to it's not really my thing, but I could see the appeal. 
I'm very neat, though. I feel like it would be very difficult for me to get around. <laughs> Remain neat. <laughs> and then there's two more that I wanted to read um, that kind of go well together. And they also speak to the vulnerability thing. But um, one is from Molan Lava. I've never been able to say it properly, but he's actually served me uh, face-to-face once. And so his handle is M-O-L-O-N-L-A-B-E, since I might be saying it incorrectly, kink. And he says stockings. However, that's not the part that I'm interested in because he goes on to say, I had a fetish for stockings when I was five years old before it was in any way sexual. I couldn't explain why, but I always liked them, and I still do. And then there's another one from Ulrich Angel, uh, Twitter name Ulrich Angel. Uh, Always hard to choose just one, but I'd say medical exams or role play. As a kid, I would have vivid dreams about being restrained by doctors, nurses, and examined, probed. It's what sparked my interest in exploring kink as a teenager. And obviously, they're both talking about uh, like being young mm-hmm. and being interested in something, and that's kind of transitioned. But I thought that like reading this and after everything we've talked about, that maybe there's something. I mean, I see this all the time, right? Oh, I really liked it when I was a kid, and I thought, okay, so maybe something happened around the stockings, and that made you feel all of these things, and now you want to replicate right. that. And so, it's it's just another. It just the theme continues, <laughs> you know. But it, this one is very much more specific to time for people, uh, time and a memory, and it's very distinct. And they're bringing sure. it with them, uh, and it brings them back to a time where they maybe felt an ideal state, and they want to feel that ideal state again. And they're bringing it to their adulthood. Right. And I kind of like that that theme. As a well. lot of those. Um, A lot of those clinical fetishes that I talked about originated Mm -hmm. when someone was young and somehow it was connected to maybe someone that they were attracted to or a feeling that they had at the time. And then it developed into like, hey, I, you know, when I'm around, you know, women in stockings or something, I get excited. And so then, you know, they hit puberty and they're into stockings and, um, you know, at a certain point, it becomes more than just, you know, this is interesting to me. It becomes something that is, you know, vital to their sexual experience. Mm. Yeah. Or their feeling of comfort and acceptance. Right. Also. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I love stockings. So, yeah. I've always liked that. I don't know what it is about stockings. But well, they also just feel so lovely. That, that's part. Yeah. That's part <laughs> of it. Sure. <laughs> it, it could be as simple as just be like, oh, wow, that feels so smooth. And I really like smooth, consistent sure. uh, sensations. Sure. Yeah. This is but me. it's also the look, so. you know, it's something about, and I think that, um, you know, I, I really like uh, a, a lot of. So like the teeth of it. Yes. Like yes. That's it. That's it. Kind of not really necessarily. Yeah. You, you could talk touch it but it's not direct and it's yeah. like so close exactly yeah there's something about you know, <laughs> the look you're right the look and the feel and then it's just it's kind of you know it's underwear so it's kind of naughty and um oh you uh, americans <laughs> <laughs> um 
not as bad as Korea, though. I was in Seoul the other day, and I wanted just like some simple. I have so many nice lingerie. I was like, I want some simple underwear. At Asia, they're my size, so let's try this. And I said the word underwear and panties to like five different shops, and they were like, Oh, oh wow! Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> that was verboten, huh? Yeah. So, so you know. <laughs> It's not as bad as that, but it's very cute that that's not. Uh, you know, and it's not just <laughs> underwear. I mean, for me, it's not like any underwear. I like the, you know, the fancy mm-hmm. stuff. There's something about mm-hmm. that. And so, you know, there are a lot of women who don't have anything like that. So I feel like it's kind of special, mm-hmm. you know, if if you have mm-hmm. the, you know, the stuff that's pretty or elaborate, you know, the stuff that's very much <laughs> unpractical. I'm sure. I mean, yeah, I'm just thinking of my incredibly, you know, it's not really meant for, uh, right, right. I mean, it's not really, you know, necessarily terribly comfortable or whatever, you know, it's. Um, it's also like there's pearls made up of gold. It's like, you have to be very careful which basket you put it in before it gets destroyed. Absolutely. Yeah, so things like that. It's very cumbersome. And I guess that there's something to that effort that is also people really appreciate yes. whether it's um, whether it's uh, like obvious to them or not. You know, it takes a, it takes a lot of effort. Obviously, it's expensive, so sure. it's not just easy to access. But then it's that luxury, I guess. That's why people tend to pay more for luxury. I, right? I'm very much it's into in that it. effort. I, I feel like that. I think you may have nailed it on that. I mean, I really like, mm-hmm. you know, just the little extra you know, time that's spent putting that together and, you know, looking a certain way for a, you know, a short period of time. Um, Yeah. It makes you, it makes you feel special because someone's, you know, put out that extra effort. That's very nice that you say that because I, I actually like, I have a lot of photo shoots with all of these beautiful things, but in my reality, I'm actually very, very simple, like on my everyday. And I'm lucky that, I, these things are in my life and I'm lucky that, you know, I have, I don't have to wear so much makeup or something, but if, if I had to, I, 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 it's just really hard work. Sure. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so it's nice that I can make people feel like I'm making an effort. When right. I'm not. <laughs> I guess right. that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't have revealed that maybe, but yes. I think, I think that most people know. know and understand that professional dominatrix or, you know, anyone who's in the lifestyle doesn't lounge around in latex outfits, you know, I mean, sometimes. maybe sometimes. But- if you are, if you, if you feel like I'm a little bit of, um, I don't know, I kind of love, I'm not sure what it is. I don't know if I would call myself a masochist, but I really like the feeling of being mm-hmm. held in latex. And so sometimes I get the urge and I will lie around my house in a cat suit. Wow. <laughs> but this doesn't happen every week. Everyone, so, but, yeah. everyone yeah. who just heard that loved that <laughs> quote. Oh my gosh. I can imagine no, all the submissive men out there are dying when they heard yeah. you talk about just it's, lounging it's around in latex. Not sexual. It just feels nice. feels like an eternal hug. That's interesting because I've heard that from a lot of like fetish models who mm. who are into latex. They said that they like that constricted mm. feeling. Mm. And yeah. and I know that they, they, they have a, a thing, and I don't know if it's worldwide or if it's just around here, but they have these uh, weighted 
blankets. Oh yeah. That people are, they're not necessarily heavy, but they're weighted. So when you put it on, Mm. it's supposed to make you feel like, you know, like a baby is swaddled or whatever. Uh, It's supposed (laughs) to make you feel, you know, secure or something. Yeah. So maybe latex does that as well. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I mean, we, we're running a little bit out of time, but like uh, somebody that I, um, when I first started uh, becoming aware of uh, biographies and this kind of thing, uh, one person that I became aware of is this lady called Temple Gratan. I'm not sure if I'm saying her name correctly, but she um, is autistic and she used to work on a lot of farms and she observed the stress response that a lot of cows were having before they were slaughtered, which is you know, interesting. What she ended up doing was designing this, um, this contraption that she used on herself when she had to go to college and she panicked where it just squishes her. So she'd get in it and it would squish her like squash her. And then she'd feel a lot better. Oh, wow. And so she designed this for the cows so that before they get the bolt or when they're getting the bolt through their head, it squeezes them and relaxes oh, them. Oh, wow. And so maybe all of this bondage, you know, and, and all of this like um, mummification and and latex, et cetera, is, is something that harkens to that sensation. It probably inspires some sort of chemical mm-hmm. reaction for us to feel more relaxed. So that maybe that's it. I'm not sure. Very, we should do a very study. interesting point. Tell, yes, that's great. Tell somebody to do a study. I'm not going to do another thing. <laughs> Too many things. <laughs> yeah, I think we both got enough to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. There's definitely, some, but there's definitely something to the the um, to, to bondage and feeling secure or relaxed. Some mm-hmm. people like to to be like sensory deprivation or. Um, or heavy, it, like they several people mentioned, uh, inescapable bondage, where yes. you know there's no reason to struggle because you're not getting out of it, and so it mm. forces you to relax. People, people oh, do sure. try, oh, sure. you know, but but once I guess they submit to their fate, it's a big relief. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So there's a few things going on there. I think it's a physical sensation. It's also the psychological. Oh my god. I need to get out of here. And then finally they were like, I'm never getting out of here. I will just like submit to my fate. And I think that's an interesting exercise for some people who are not used to ever just letting go also. Being in the moment. One of my other favorites. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, is there anything you'd like to add that, that we've been talking about? That was a lovely episode. I really enjoyed that. I did too. (laughs) <laughs> now we need to go through and choose choose um, other topics that uh, from the Sunday questions. We do. That's coming up soon. Yeah, yeah, fun. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's been wonderful hearing your perspective on. Things, oh, it's it's been always. great to hear your perspective too. And like I said, the submissive men are going to go crazy when they hear this. All of your <laughs> explanations about these things—they're going to love it. Well, and people in general, I think a lot of the time um, people just go through the kink. They have a feeling, they really like it, but they don't really understand it. And as lovely as that is, sometimes it's really nice to also kind of understand motivations and how they fit into your life. It gives you a little bit more peace about things. And you can also 
get more advanced into things once you understand them. So I think that can be useful too for just anybody. I totally agree. Yeah. I th that's a, yeah. a good place to wrap up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, if you don't have anything else to add, then I'll, I'll take us out. Yeah. Thank you so much, Derek. Oh, you're welcome. My pleasure. Um, if listeners would like to participate in future questions and be part of future episodes, then follow at You Will Please Me on Twitter and keep an eye out for Sunday questions. You can reach the show at info at safewordpodcast.com or see more at safewordpodcast.com. More on Mistress Eva is at youwillpleaseme.com. Her Twitter address is at youwillpleaseme, and you can also see her on Instagram at youwillplease underscore me. Um, more on me is available at darkhooper.com. I'm available on Twitter or Instagram at darkhooper or really just about any place else you can imagine at that address. Also, I'm answering your BDSM relationship questions right now for Ask Dirk, and you can email me your questions at dirk at darkhooper.com. Thanks for listening to the Safe Word Podcast. For Mistress Eva, this is Dirk Hooper saying, dream hard. <laughs>